Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. I think this is a wonderful verse as we're leading up to Easter and uh, the days and the weeks leading up. And in John 3, 16, this is what the Bible says. Can we read it together? If you're reading along with me in the NIV, this is what it says. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen? Amen. Amen. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is yes and amen, that it is true. And God, right now we lift our hands to you and we receive what it is that you would have us to know, what it is that you would have us to feel, what it is that you would have us to do today. God, we receive from your word. And God, we thank you that you are our provider. You are Jireh. You are the way maker, the miracle worker. And God, what you say will be done. You will finish what you start. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and we give thanks. And everybody says, amen. Can we give God a hand as we're seated? Amen. Amen. Well, welcome again. My name is Chesney. I'm the family ministry pastor, and I get the joy and the privilege of bringing the message today. We want to welcome everybody that's online. Can we give them a hand today? Amen. For being online. We're so glad that you are with us. Um, I'm excited equally because I get to start a new series called The Week, and we're going to be talking about what that means, The Week. Um, We're going to be looking at the days leading up, as I said, to the resurrection, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Many times we call that the Holy Week. Many times you may have um, heard that referred to as Passion Week. Maybe you've heard of the Passion of the Christ. Have you heard of that movie? So the Passion Week, we call it that so many times. So we're going to look at why... Uh, God spent so much time in his word talking about these days. In fact, just to show you this, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first four gospels of the New Testament. And they tell the gospel. That's why we call them the gospels, which is the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus about his earthly ministry. And so it's so interesting because there's 89 chapters among all four of these books of the Bible, 89. But only four chapters talk about the first 30 years of Jesus' life. The rest of them, 85, talk about his earthly ministry, the three years before leading up to the cross and the resurrection. And then in those 85, 29 of all of the chapters are about these seven days. So a third of the gospel are all about these seven days leading up to the to death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I think it's fitting that we take time over these next 30 days to talk about what was Jesus doing? What was he thinking? What was he demonstrating? And so today we're gonna jump into Palm Sunday. It's not Palm Sunday. 
that will, we'll, uh, I think we'll celebrate that around April 2nd on our calendar. But today we're gonna talk about that first day, that first day of the seven leading up. Um, you may remember in Sunday school making uh, palm branches out of construction paper. Did anybody ever do that? Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We talk about that a lot of times with our kids. Well, that's what ha was happening on the Sunday before Easter. On the Monday before Easter, Jesus overturned the money, the money tables in the, in the temple. Do you remember that story? Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And then on Tuesday, uh, Jesus taught on the Mount of Olives. On Wednesday, he rested at Bethany. On Thursday, Jesus uh, had the Last Supper with the disciples. And then he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And that's where he was arrested. We know that on Good Friday, Jesus was led to the cross. He was tried and he was crucified as the perfect uh, sacrifice for our sin. Saturday, we don't talk about that much, do we? Because all of the disciples were scattered. They were discouraged. They thought it's all over. This is it. We have lost. But they didn't know that Jesus was in the tomb overcoming death, hell, and the grave, did they? That he was waiting and he was warring and he was overcoming what we could not. And then on Sunday, praise God, it's the day of the best day in our Christian faith that we celebrate, the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we are going to do that. We're going to lead in this series all the way up to Easter weekend, and we're so excited to get to do that. So we get to understand in these days, God's passion for us, and that it was reflected in what Jesus did for us. Our opening text proves that, amen? God so loved the world that he gave. And I wanna read another verse that I think proves that as well. It's found in Romans 5 and 8, and it's found on your outline, and it says this, but God showed his what? His great love. His great love for us by sending Christ to die while we were still what? Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. Isn't that amazing that he would do that for us? So throughout this series, I pray that you feel God's great love for you. I pray that you understand how much he loves you, but I don't want you to stop there. I don't want you to stop with just understanding and feeling God's love for you. No, I feel that God's passionate love to us calls for a passionate response from us. Would you agree with that? God's passionate response to us calls for a passionate response from us. And my prayer is that over the next 30 days, that our devotion to God, our call to that response would become great. And I know that God wants to do a great work in you. I don't know if you've noticed, but he's doing a revival across our country. That our ca college campuses are experiencing what God has never done maybe in 20, 30 years. Hollywood is experiencing revival. Have you heard of the Jesus Revolution movie? That has done such a work in Hollywood and you need to go see that. And you need to see what God is doing. What would it look like for us to get in the water? What would it look like for us to respond to the passionate love that God has shown to us? 
that he would call us up to something even greater. And I would urge you to get in the river, to get in the water, to see what God is doing among us. I believe that passionate response calls for a passionate response from us. So I want to start us today on that first day of the week before Easter again. I told you Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talk about um, all these things, and you can read about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem in any of these um, books of the Bible, but we're going to read Luke's passage in Luke 19. So it's there in your outline. It's also on the screen, and this is what it says, and it's all there because I want you to get the picture, okay? I want to paint a picture for you this morning as we read. So this is what it says. As he approached, talking about Jesus, Bethphage and Bethany, at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead and found it just as he told them, as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. Now, I want to stop right here because I want you to understand something. Nearly 483 years prior, nearly 500 years prior, this exact account was prophesied in the book of Zechariah. The prophet Zechariah told about this happening, meaning that, you know, there's 300 prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament pointing to him being the Messiah. And this is what it says in Zechariah 9 and 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious. Not riding on a horse, but lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So not on the mama donkey, but on the baby donkey, just as Jesus said and just as he did, just as he told the disciples that that's what he would find. Pastor did a great job talking to us in January about the, the series, The Holy Bible, Why the Bible is True, and why it's 100% true and accurate. And the truth of the matter is, the way that we know is that 300 prophecies Jesus has fulfilled and will fulfill. And so this is one of them. Now, as we pick up the story, Jesus continues to ride along. Look at, at Luke 19, uh, starting in verse 36. It says this, and as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. They would take off their cloaks, put them on the ground, and Jesus rode this donkey across. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully, not just Jesus 12, but the hundreds of disciples began to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. In other translations, they said, Hosanna, Hosanna. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now watch this. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, 
rebuke your disciples. And Jesus said, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't want to let a stone outdo me. Amen? So today I want us to talk to you about our response to the passion of Jesus. What is our response today to the passion of Jesus? The Pharisees spoke up and said, this is weird, okay? We don't do worship like this, Jesus. You need to get your disciples under control. And Jesus said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. So many times in the gospels, Jesus would heal someone and he would say, now don't tell anyone. He would heal another person and he would say, now keep this quiet. But this day, Jesus is compelling people to worship. He says, if you don't worship my father, if you don't bring blessing to me, the rocks, the creation will cry out. Back in the 90s when I was in youth group, we sang a song called, Ain't No Rock Gonna Cry in My Place. I don't know if you've ever heard that. That's terrible English, but that's a good message. Amen? Amen. I just wonder today if we could raise our passion level for Jesus over the next 30 days as we go through this series. Because again, I don't want a rock embarrassing SEC. Do you? I don't want them embarrassing me for my lack of worship. So let's talk about worship for just a moment. Let's try to understand a couple of things. The first bullet point that I want you to look at and fill in on your uh, outline is this. We all worship something. Amen? We all worship something. I don't know about you, but we love the Georgia Bulldogs in my house. Go dogs. My grandmother's watching right now and I can say, nanny, go dogs. She's excited that I can say that. We love Georgia. I'm a fourth generation Georgia Bulldog. And so we were up on, on uh, you know, New Year's Eve watching them uh, bring in the, the new year with that uh, win. It was so exciting. But the problem comes, not in my family, of course, and not in yours, but when we love something more than God, it is a problem, amen? It's a problem. So whatever I worship, whatever I becomes an obsession in my life, shapes my life. Whatever I obsess about shapes the direction and the, the tra trajectory of where my life is going to go. In fact, worshiper, worship changes the worshiper into the image of that being worshiped. Worship changes the worshiper into the image of that being worshiped. So we ask ourselves today, what are we worshiping? Truly, what are we worshiping? Because we are what we worship. We are what we worship. The second thing is, worship is a response to what we value most. Worship is a response to what we value most. On that Palm Sunday, the people were thinking they were gonna see a king come in on a horse, thinking of Zechariah 9 and 9, righteous and victorious, but they missed the lowly part. They missed the riding on the donkey part. They thought that Jesus was coming to free them from the oppression of the Roman government because they were so uh, oppressed by the government, but Jesus was coming to set them free from their sin, amen? And that's why he's coming, uh, to, that's what he's coming to do today still, to set us free from our sin. He became a great bridge in the great divide between God and man. 
So why now is Jesus saying worship? Why now is he saying don't keep this quiet? Why now is he compelling people to worship? Well, I think the clue that we find is in Mark 12. Just a few days prior, just a few weeks prior possibly, Jesus gives us a clue as to why if we don't bless him, if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. Why the Pharisees got it all wrong. Mark 12, 28 through 30, this is what Jesus said. It says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, I don't know about you, but when somebody's asking Jesus, what is the most important thing I should do? I'm thinking my ears are perking up, right? Because maybe this is what I'm supposed to build my life on. Maybe it's nothing else. It's not the Georgia Bulldogs. It's not my family as much as I love them. It's not my work as much as I love it. Maybe it's what Jesus is about to say in Mark 12 and 29. He says this, the most important one, answer Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God, here it is, with all of your what? Heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Would you circle those words? Heart, soul, mind, and strength. As Jesus is riding into Jerusalem, he has said already, take note, this is the most important thing. This is what you build your life on. Heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving God with all these things. Wouldn't it be amazing if over the next 30 days, our passion for him grew to the response that he showed to us. And so if we do step up our passion for God, if Jesus gave us the most important commandment, which is right here, here's some things I think we need to think about. Number one, God wants us to worship him with our affection. Worship him with our affection. Now, where do we get these clues? Let's go back to our verse. You're gonna know this verse before we leave today. Mark 12 and 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. That's your affection, heart and soul. That's what we're to love God with. If I say I love God, but I don't show him, then it's not love, is it? Is it love if I don't express love? Is it love if I don't show love? A couple of weeks ago, uh, as Pastor and Rhonda did an amazing job in our marriage series. I loved it so much. And by, didn't they do a good job? And by the way, give them a hand. By the way, our marriage event is this Friday. So if you need a date, yes, you need to sign up. Some of you have signed up on your connection card and I've sent you the link, but you haven't registered. So go ahead and do that. You can also do it in the app or on our website, um, but make sure you do that. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. But they did a fabulous job. Um, and one of the weeks they talked about um, love languages. And Rhonda gave the story about a friend that she had that on her phone, she would 
put a reminder to hug her husband every day because that was uh, not her love language, but it was his. I'm that friend. So, so every day at 7 p.m., a reminder comes up on my phone that says, hug Danny. And she mentioned that Danny got mad about it, but really what he gets mad about is he sees the reminder and he goes, hello, you haven't done this yet today. That's Danny's love language. I don't know why people like to be touched and hugged all the time, but some do. But if I don't express that love, it's not received. Amen? And God didn't just tell us he loved us, he showed us. Do you know God's got a love language too? I think he's got all the love languages. That's why so many of us, we have parts of different ones. God has all the love languages too. And in Psalm, he does an amazing job of telling us how he likes to be loved. In fact, the last five chapters of Psalm um, are ways that you can read about that God likes to be loved. Psalm 150, one through six is one that I wanted to read to you today. And whether you're musical or not, there's something in here that all of us can do. Look at what it says. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. That's where we are right now, amen? Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. I can do that one. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Would you say those last three words with me? Praise the Lord. God wants us to worship him with our affections, our heart and our soul. And it may look strange to some. Some of you worship in different ways. Some of you with outstretched hands, some of you jump, some of you sing, some of you shout, some of you kneel. And to an outsider, it may look weird. It may look strange, but you are to praise God in the authentic way that he's gifted you to do, that sincere way. God has done so much for us. It's not just a song. It's not just a word, but it's your thoughts. It's your prayers. It's listening. It's doing all of these things. And he shows us that he has a love language too. So many different ways to give God our affection. Number two, God wants us to worship him with our attention. God wants us to worship him with our attention. Here it is again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. That's your attention. That's your attention. Whatever you love most, you think about most, right? Danny does a great job every day that I go to work He usually calls, he times it to where he knows I'm driving to work and he calls and he says, I'm just checking in, what's your day look like? What are you gonna do? And and most of the days I'm like, I can't even explain it. You know, I I don't know how to explain to you what I'm doing today, but he's just calling, he's checking in because he's thinking about me. And that is what God wants is our thoughts on him, our thoughts directed 
toward him. I've shared this um, story before, but I think it's worth repeating because we make appointments with our friends, our spouse, and those things are all important. I guess my question is, are we making appointment with God? And we're doing that today. You're in church, you're watching online, you're doing a good job. What about tomorrow? Do you have an appointment with him tomorrow? A few years ago, my little boy, he, he's gonna be 10 this year, which I cannot believe. But he was four or five and he, he was telling me something and I was typing on my computer or working in the kitchen. I was doing something with my hands, I can't remember. But he came over to where I was and he grabbed my face and he pointed my face to him and he said, Mama, I want you to listen with your eyes. In other words, I want your full attention. I want you to listen with all of your senses, with your eyes, with your ears. I want you to look at me. I want you to, to direct your attention toward me, to let me know that you're thinking of me. That's what God wants from us. He wants our full attention. And I know that we get so distracted. Hey, I, I pray with a notepad by my prayer time because I know I'm gonna get distracted and worry that I'm gonna forget the thoughts that are going on in my head, like pick up this or make sure you go uh, confirm that. And I just write it down and then I just keep going. And I get that. But God, as much as possible, wants our attention focused on him. In fact, look at what Romans 12 and two says in the message version. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, he says, fix your what? Attention on God. And then you'll be changed from the inside out. I don't know about you, but I want to be changed from the inside out. And that comes from fixing our attention on God. We've been challenged this year to do two words. Can you tell me what those two words are? Do good. Do good. Do good. And being able to do good means that I have to be changed from the inside out. And that comes from me focusing my attention on him because he's worthy. He is worthy. He's done so much for me. He's done so much for you. I challenge you that when you begin your prayer time to understand that praise is not mindless and it's not thoughtless. It's thoughtful and it's specific. What do I mean by that? Praise God for, and you fill in the blank. When you start your prayer time, God, I praise you for, and fill in the blank. When you lay your your head down at night on your pillow. God, I am grateful for. You'll be surprised what that'll do for you mentally and helping you have a more positive outlook, but it will also raise our Father in heaven and lift him up because he's so worthy. The third thing I want us to look at is this. God wants us to worship him with our abilities. Our affection our attention, and number three, our abilities. God wants us to worship him with our abilities. Look at what Mark 12, our verse for the day says. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and all of your what? Strength. strength. Will you circle strength and draw an arrow to the word abilities? That is your abilities. It's loving God with all of your strength. I think Danny hates the fact that my love language is acts of service. 
I don't think he would admit that. And if you don't know, Danny's the really good looking guy that sings right here on the middle of the stage. Um, I think he hates that because, and he, again, he, he wouldn't admit that, but, but it involves chores, right? And chores are not fun. I get that. It's the, it's the least emotional of all of the love languages. And it's, it's just something, it's like chores you have to do. But when he cleans the hardwood floors or he sweeps or mops or can I just say, unloads the dishwasher, that is something. That, that, is, that is love expressed to me, okay? And because it lightens my load, the acts of service in the love language department is saying, I am going to do something to lighten your load. I love you, so I'm lightening your load. And that's what that is. It's him having to use his abilities. Did you know that worshiping God, part of that is using your abilities, using your strengths, using your gifts. And I'm gonna get in your business just a little bit today. I've been here for 25 years, so I, I think I've got a little bit of credit with you, okay? Some of us are really good at loving God with our attention and our affection, but not so much our abilities. our heart, our soul, our mind, but not so much sometimes our strength. Why? Because it's a sacrifice, isn't it? It takes our time. It takes effort. It takes getting here a little bit early on a Sunday in order to get prepped for a ministry or to do certain things. So I want to challenge you today. Some of you have been challenged and God's been talking to you maybe about serving with students and kids and today's your call. Today's your reminder. Some of you, God's been talking to you about leading in, in a small group, and, and today's your call. It's, it's a reminder about getting involved in first impressions and working in the office, serving in the office, doing something for the Lord consistently. I'm not talking about Surf Saturday. I love Surf Saturdays. That's once a month. But you come to this place every week, and you're blessed. And God wants you to be a blessing. He deserves that. He deserves our abilities. So I'm asking you for you, not for me. I'm asking you to get involved and be a blessing in the place where you serve, in the place that's serving you to be a blessing. Somebody needs you. Somebody's counting on you. So on the back of your connection card, I'm going to ask you, some of you are members and you've taken a break long enough. Amen? We need you. We need you back. I want you to mark a, mark a spot. doesn't mean that you're signing up. It just means we're going to introduce you again. See if you want to observe, okay? Don't get scared. Some of you are serving and we need you to serve more. We need you to lead. We need you to step up. God's gifted you, and we need your leadership. We need you. I want you to serve with your abilities. That day as Jesus rode in on the donkey, they said, Hosanna, Hosanna. And five days later, they were screaming, crucify, crucify. Why? Because their faith was fickle. I don't know about you, but I don't want my faith to be fickle. 
I want my faith to be like, if you will, just bear with me just for a moment and go with me the, day, the night before. Jesus is reclining around a table. He's at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He has just raised Lazarus from the dead. And Mary takes a, a jar of perfume and she pours it all over Jesus. And Judas speaks up and he says, this is weird. Jesus, you need to get her under control. What is happening? And the same statement will be made the next day when the disciples were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And Jesus looks at him and he knew that it wasn't because that jar of perfume could be worth a year's wages and, it, and all the money could be used to feed the poor. He knew that wasn't Judas's motive. The Bible says he was a thief. But Jesus said to him, she is loving me this much because she has been forgiven this much. And I wanna ask you today, hasn't he done so much? Hasn't he done so much? that he would stretch out his hands and he would say, I love you this much and I've been forgiven this much. Have we forgotten? I wanna tell you a quick story as I close, a quick illustration. All over our country, there are hundreds of military bases and I know that you guys and gals that serve in the military, you could tell this a lot better than me. But I know that there's one in Cherry Point, North Carolina and it's a place where F-16s fly in and they fly out. And you know, if you've ever heard of F-16 fly over that the, the, um, the sound barrier being broken is alarming, it's jarring. And it was scaring a lot of the people around there. It's been an air base for like 75 years. And so the people driving on the, the interstate, the people that live there, they would begin to complain, this, this scares us. And so the base did something that I think was genius. They constructed a sign. And I think I have a picture of it and it says this, pardon our noise, it's the sound of freedom. I don't know about you, but pardon my noise, it's the sound of freedom in my life because of what he's done because of what he's done amen you may be here today and you say I don't have that freedom in my life you may be watching online and you say I don't know what that means I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ we're gonna give you that opportunity today I want everybody if you would just bow your head and close your eyes those of you watching online today Jesus we come to you and we ask you God, I know there's so many here. They may need to make you the Lord and the Savior of their life. So Jesus, today we say, forgive us of our sins. God, wash us. God, we recognize what you did. Jesus, what you did for us on the cross. And God, we thank you for that. And we ask you, Lord, God, that you would make us clean, that you would wash us white. And God, help us to love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul with all of our mind, God, with all of our strength. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If that was you today, would you take your connection card 
And on the back of that, would you mark that box that says, today I'm becoming a Christ follower. Would you do that? And then would you stand? We're gonna sing a song today that I'm so excited for you to hear. And I want you to think in your mind, what is it that you need to praise God for? These altars are gonna be open to you for prayer, but I want you to start with repentance in your heart. God, search me, clean me, search my heart, oh God, renew a right spirit within me. Revival comes through repentance and it's continued with praise and that's what we're gonna do. So God, as we lift our hands to you right now, we ask you, God, to meet us here. God, would you meet us here again? And God, would you receive our praise? Would you receive our worship? God, we're gonna abandon how others look at us and we're gonna say thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. Pardon our noise. This is the sound of freedom. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.